2: happy colin kaepernick day well maybe that's not what it is for you around here today but that's what it is in michigan tomorrow at least it is in ann arbor and you know what every friday is around here don't you It's time for The Jerk of the Week, starring John Steigerwald. That's right. It's Jerk of the Week Day, but the winner isn't Colin Kaepernick, although we could probably figure out a way to make him the winner every week. No, the winner is the guy who uh, brought him in to be honorary captain for the spring game tomorrow at Michigan. It would be the football coach, Jim Harbaugh. He was Kaepernick's coach for a while while, the four, uh, with, while he was with the 49ers. And here's what Jim said about him back in 2017 when he was named one of Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People. Quote, How lucky for us all in our country to have among our citizens someone as remarkable as Colin Kaepernick. I applaud Colin for the courage he has demonstrated in exercising his guaranteed right of free speech. His willingness to take a position at personal cost is now part of our American story. Unquote. Unquote. Well, deciding it was a good idea to kneel during the National Anthem on a day when he was being paid $600,000 to show up that day uh, to go along with the program is also part of the story. And so is wearing socks to practice with pictures of pigs in comp uniforms on them. He also produced a video that compared NFL owners to slave masters. Now, I tried to get a hold of someone in the Michigan Athletic Department to find out if they'll be playing the National Anthem tomorrow before the spring game or... Uh, you know, if there's going to be cops there to make sure that nobody does any uh, harm to Colin. But I couldn't get through. Nobody a- nobody answered the phone. I tried a lot, believe me. Well, <clears throat> anyway, Harbaugh is an idiot for assuming that everybody who shows up for the game, and I'm guessing they get thousands and thousands of people to show up for it. Uh, he's an idiot for thinking that uh, everybody agrees with him about Kaepernick. Of course, he also assumes that every black player on the Michigan football team agrees with him because he probably believes that all black players are required to love Kaepernick. Whatever. Everybody on the committee here agrees that Jim Harbaugh should be this week's Windows R Us Jerk of the Week.
1: The Jerk of the Week is brought to you by Windows R Us, Pittsburgh's premier exterior replacement company. Expert repair and replacement for windows, roofs, siding, doors, gutters, and downspouts. Why pay double? Visit
2: WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk to someone who doesn't agree with Jim Harbaugh. His name is Joe Mobley. He's with Project 21 Black Leadership Network. He's also going to tell you why he thinks the NFL's Rooney Rule is dumb And in our second half hour, we're going to have John Lott Jr., who's pretty good at crunching numbers. He'll tell you about a study he did that shows Joe Biden got over 220,000 excess votes in six swing states in 2020. Stick around.
3: Almost seventy percent of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it works for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only nineteen ninety-five. Go to relieffactor.com or call. 800 for relief to find out more about this offer. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. Feel the difference. This is Dennis Prager. Why did God save the Jews in Egypt but not the millions of Jews who died in Europe? Was there really an exodus? Does Judaism affirm an afterlife? Does reason My new book answers these and many other significant questions. It's called The Rational Passover Haggadah. Like my five-volume commentary, The Rational Bible, this newest book, The Rational Passover Haggadah, relies on reason to explain the text. The text of the oldest holiday in the world, Passover. Jesus' last supper was the Passover Seder. This is an explanation of this holiday and that evening for people of every faith and, for that matter, of no faith. The Haggadah has inspired millions around the world every year for thousands of years to learn about it and relive one of the most famous stories of all, the exodus of the Jews from Egypt. My new book is the Passover guide that will last a lifetime. Order
1: Dennis Prager's latest book today. Get it at PragerStore.com or wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy! This is the John Stacker Walt Show
0: on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer.
2: Well, in case you missed the, um, the opening of the show, Jim Harbaugh, the football coach at the University of Michigan, was awarded the Windows or Us Jerk of the Week Award uh, for celebrating Colin Kaepernick tomorrow at Michigan's spring game. The assumption by the media, of course, uh, is that the players will be thrilled with this, especially the black players. Joe Mobley of Project 21 Black Leadership Network joins us now to talk about this. Joe, thanks for being here. John, thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. So, uh, something tells me that you don't think Harbaugh bringing Kaepernick in as an honor honorary captain is a really good idea.
4: I don't. I don't know why anyone thinks this idea. It, does, it seems like a last ditch effort to keep uh, Kaepernick on front of mind. Uh, he's, he's irrelevant to the league, the, the NFL, uh, irrelevant to frankly to a lot of black Americans I know we are supposed to pretend like he's a hero and he's up there within the ranks of Rosa Parks and Dr. King. Um, but the truth is he's not. Uh, and it's a publicity stunt and it's still deeply embarrassing for black Americans who feel like we work for what we have, uh, like we are given a fair shake and, and we live in the greatest country in the history of the world. Uh, so, so
2: those are kind of some of my thoughts yeah the well the, the presumption of course uh, by Harbaugh and the university is that um uh, that he will and uh, and should be universally accepted and admired by every black player. Why is it that um someone like Harbaugh would assume that would it be because of the media would it be because maybe he really doesn't believe that but he can't say it but what do you think?
4: I think it has to do with the prestige. Of status as a professional or even a former professional athlete. Um, now, when when you look at Black America culturally, I don't think this is something that's been done to us as Black Americans. It's something we've kind of done on our own. Is the things that are culturally culturally significant in the Black community are sometimes frivolities: uh, music, cars, clothes, uh, athletic ability easily ranking among one of the top five things. Um, So because of that, and because he's an athlete, because he had this Nike deal, he was a household name, um, and he's trying to, you know, charter out a niche for himself as some type of activist. um, I say race baiter, but he says activist. I, I think they're trying to play, I think they're trying to leverage that opportunity one more time, which means that Colin Kaepernick is a one-trick pony. Uh, he's done this before. Uh, he'll do it again. I don't know what it gets other than, you know, he's turned his five minutes of fame into a good hour, so maybe he gets another 10 or 15 minutes.
2: He's uh, trying to, he's, uh, he's selling a children's book, and uh, as I said here on the show a couple days ago, or I think maybe I put it up on Twitter, but I mentioned that it it, uh, I, it doesn't seem like it's just a coincidence that he's going around on tour to get people to take video of him throwing a football, which is pretty boring, um, but he's got a book to sell. So I think that might explain uh, some of it. But um, he's doing...
4: Well, One term, you, we got to understand that it's probably people like uh, probably D'Angelo, probably people... Uh, like the, the woke godfather himself, um, uh, and his name escapes me right now. I actually sell a shirt with his face on it. uh, uh, uh what is his first name? Uh, Ibermach Kendi. These are the kind of people that are heroes to Kaepernick. So if he can become a child indoctrinator, um, then he will leverage that opportunity. And that's what CRT is about, and in the NFL, the rule is about, which has, you know, been a main topic with Project 21, um, and, and that blog post that just came out, uh, but this rule to say to young black people, but also to other ethnic minorities, also to women, um, also to um, people of the, I always get the strongest, right now I think it's LGBTQIA, probably some other letters,
2: they, uh, they keep adding them. I, it's hard to keep up. I know.
4: Yeah, I I, I think that there's definitely a play there, um, and I think he's tried and failed before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with children's books. Um, yeah, well, children's books are a hot topic here where I live. I live in Loudon County, so uh-huh. we, we're we're trying to stay away from children's books. If right. We can.
2: <laughs> right. That's in Virginia. Um, he's doing a, uh, a throwing exhibition at halftime, uh, and it's spon- I can't think of too many things more boring than watching a non-NFL quarterback throw the ball to somebody who's not going to be guarded by I don't, just this seems really boring. but anyway, uh, it's sponsored by a group called Wolverines Against Racism. So is it okay for the University of Michigan to now declare Kaepernick uh, a spokesman for anti-racism?
4: Apparently, the the woke Wolverines is what I've been calling them. But, yeah, they are the Wolverine sedentary system. But, you know, these groups don't really play by any rules. I think it's an outrage. I think that uh, universities that receive public funding like this should do the same thing that private companies should do and say, hey, we're about the business of educating Uh, We present all viewpoints and we steel-man them so everyone has an opportunity to think about many different things with the strongest of arguments, the strongest of presentations uh, that are possible for the different things and come up with their own opinions and shape their own worldview. And private companies' version of that should be, hey, we're not about the business of public policy. We sell toothbrushes or widgets or we manage the software application. Unfortunately, that's not the case. So the university is in the position that they've bowed down to. They're in a position where they feel like they need to say something in a silence is violence world, um, which is not silence is not violence. uh, But I I digress. I I don't want to mince issues here. Yeah. Um, I feel like they think they're in a position where they have to do something. So they did this local Wolverine thing, and they got an irrelevant former B-string athlete uh, in to represent their piece of the equity and justice. Vibe.
2: Yeah, there's no way of uh, knowing for sure, but would it be safe to assume that black players at Michigan and maybe everywhere uh, who don't admire Kaepernick uh, for what he did, would feel reluctant to say so? Is is it okay to be black and not love uh, Colin Kaepernick, especially if you're a college football player? It's absolutely
4: not okay. Um, and if you listen to any of the stories that, um, say, a Condoleezza Rice or a uh, Ben Carson say, um, and I, I'm not anywhere near their caliber, but I have a similar story being from the hood from a very dangerous, uh, part of Western Long Island, um, those experiences don't matter, uh, and, and culturally they'll say like that that blackness doesn't count or your lived experience doesn't count. Um, if you don't fall in line with what these powerful segments of culture and black culture here in America is, is a powerful segment with um, with people like Jay Z, Beyonce, um, you know, professional athletes. There's really you could. Um, box and a black professional athlete because they're very prevalent. Um, their influence is pretty big. I don't I don't think it should be, but it is. I don't get to make the rules. Uh, so no. no uh, a black college athlete or a white college athlete or another ethnic minority on college athlete, football or otherwise, really doesn't have a choice here. Um, they have to fall in line or they will be castigated. Uh, and again, missing issues here. We're seeing the same thing with with uh, transgender athletes playing sports, which only means one thing. It never means uh, trans women going to champion in male sports. Right. Uh, it, it means, uh, yeah, it only ever means the other thing uh, biological boys yeah. crushing biological women in sports. Just like those athletes can't speak up, and the quotes that they've given are anonymous, uh, the, the voice bites that they've given. Are under conditions where it needs to be anonymized. That's a fear-based response. They're giving interviews as if they're cartel members or criminals or intelligence officials yeah. with, with serious with serious forces after them. They're kids. They're college athletes. Yeah, it it, be made to feel This environment is toxic.
2: You're you're not allowed to be associated with them um, uh, uh, with anybody who disagrees with it. Um, So we're talking to uh, Joe Mobley of Project 21 Black Leadership Network about uh, Colin Kaepernick, who's going to be the uh, honorary captain at Michigan's um, uh, spring football game tomorrow. Now, I know football is a pretty uh, pretty big deal at Michigan. I tried to get through to the sports information department, uh, athletic department. All I got was a bunch of voicemails, and I never really talked to a human being. I just wanted to ask him if they are playing the national anthem before the spring game tomorrow. Because I there will be thousands of people in the stands. I don't know how many thousands, but it's not like they're going to be playing in front of an empty stadium. Um, do you think, how would they react if, uh, if he did his routine and, and did a kneel down during the anthem at that thing? Would that be celebrated again? Oh, now that's a
4: good question. Mm. Cause it, cause I don't think that it will. I, I think that we move beyond that. I, I think politically, in terms of political ideology, I think that the left, and, and they're usually who are controlling these things, um, are dialing down the anti-American rhetoric given everything going on in the world. Not, not to get into other issues, but mm-hmm. I think given the current environment, they are turning it down one or two notches, which means that a basic pro America ish message is okay again. Hand um, of the heart, uh, Pledge of Allegiance, national anthem is okay again for now.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, um, I'm, I'm interested. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to be. I, 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 I couldn't get a hold of anybody to ask, and I, 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 I don't know. I don't know the answer to it. I have a feeling they do, but I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but, uh, John, and,
4: something tells me they, they knew who you were when you called. <laughs> maybe. They didn't want
2: to take it. Yeah. Well, the NFL <laughs> and most of the media spent yesterday uh, set up, celebrating the NFL's announcement about uh, its new diversity measures. Um, here's the headline of the response at uh, Project 21 up at your website. Uh, uh, Black Americans throw a flag on NFL's discriminatory Diversity mandates. So you threw a flag. What's the penalty? Illegal procedure? Uh, (laughs) uh, The penalty should be that all this nonsense goes away.
4: And every time, my my question is this. Every time you have the listeners, every time you have the ear of a policymaker, of anyone involved in government from, I don't care if it's HOA, anyone involved from your local city council, all the way up to the president of the United States, ask them this, what does equity mean from a public policy perspective? Because all it can mean written down, codified in law. The only thing it can mean is racism enacted against white people or racism enacted against men, Christians, uh, Lord forbid you be a straight white Christian married man, father, that is, you are Hitler at
2: that point. That is a negative ten yeah, right. on on the, the social scale. Um, so yeah. So why does the NF, uh, in your piece uh, at, uh, up on the site? I guess it was yesterday. Um, and again, we're talking to uh, Joe Mobley of Project Twenty One Black Leadership Network. Uh, you wrote on the piece yesterday on the uh, site yesterday. Um, you asked the question, actually, why does the NFL even have a Rooney rule? Why, why do you feel that's a, a, a legitimate question?
5: That's a legitimate
4: question because the civil rights movement happened. It had tremendous impact, not just for blacks, not just for Americans, but truly throughout the world, um, for, for minorities of all kinds, but also for, for white people here, the majority here. Um, for ethnic minorities, for, uh, different sexual proclivities, for, uh, for what used to be both genders back when they used to just be man and woman. Um, the world is a different place because of the sacrifice and the deep impact of the civil rights movement. So we don't live in a world, particularly in the United States, where something like the Rooney rule needs to be enforced. And for people who don't know, this is just like the woke board equity laws in California that mandate a certain number of minorities on, in California, it's on the board. In the NFL, the Rooney Rule is basically the senior leadership of the franchises, Uh, so not head coaches, but assistant head coaches, uh, defensive offensive coordinators, stuff like that. And those minorities can be of any kind, basically, of the protected classes of the civil rights, probably to the exclusion of age. I don't think that they're going to hire because um, everyone knows it's unreasonable to hire a 19-year-old to be an assistant head, an assistant coach, because they don't have the knowledge, skills, abilities, or near the experience to do it. Everyone knows that, but they are going to make hiring decisions based on race, based on sexual orientation, uh, based on gender, particularly hiring more females. We don't need it because there are already ethnic minorities. There are already sexual orientation minorities, if, if we can say that's a thing. And there are already women in the staff of all of these organizations. You'd be hard-pressed to find a franchise that doesn't have Blacks, Asians, um, other ethnic minorities, Hispanics, Highlanders, whatever. You, you'd find anything. Uh, you'd be hard-pressed to find a franchise that doesn't have women or that doesn't have, at this time, openly gay, or maybe openly one of the other letters, uh, a Q. Or I'm I'm unaware of any T, but well,
2: here, possibly even that. I'm running. I'm out of time here, uh, Joe. But here's another thing you won't find on an NFL team: a white cornerback, not quarter C O R N E R back. <laughs> you won't. Not Not, yeah. not one. Uh, on a, on an NFL team. <laughs> so. Yeah. so I don't know if they're working on that. I don't uh, think they are. <laughs> I don't think they are. <laughs> Hey, Joe, thanks for coming on Uh, Project 21 Black Leadership Network. It's a great site, a great organization. We have uh, people from your organization on all the time. I appreciate it. John, it was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Okay, we'll be right back.
0: SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. Federal government ending its pandemic policy that limited
1: asylum at the Mexico border. In March of 2020, the Trump administration put in place a policy called Title 42. It blocked asylum seekers from entering the U.S. at the southern border in order to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Now the CDC is ending that policy, saying it is no longer necessary given current public health conditions. The action will not take effect until May 23rd to allow officials time to prepare, as the decision will likely draw more migrants to the border. Greg Clugston, the White House.
0: China renewing its criticism of Western sanctions against Russia and says it will not be forced to choose sides in the war in Ukraine. It comes as the European Union seeks China's assurance that it will not help Russia circumvent the economic sanctions. This is SRN News.
6: I have two dogs Sam and Bailey both are golden retrievers poor Sam he was a mess always itching his paws were soaking wet all day from just constant licking he had bald spots on his back I just don't like putting shots and steroids into your dog all the time D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com Dynavite is nutrition probably two weeks after he started Dynavite I started seeing great improvements and today 99% of his issues are non-existent. It's amazing stuff. Since Bailey has been 12 weeks old, he's been a Dynavite dog, and he has zero issues today. He won't eat his food without Dynavite. When I get out the Dynavite, my dogs actually salivate, like I'm getting them a treat. They drool over it. Dynavite is the best thing you can do for your dog.
1: You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I
6: get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com
0: am 1250 the answer the mike gallagher show
3: after two and a half years of covid and the power hungry democrats who've done everything they can to
0: rip the joy of living from as many americans as possible because they are largely a miserable bunch of people unhappy people are toxic they're merchants of misery breaking news and what to make of it the mike gallagher show weekdays at nine right before dennis prager at noon on am 1250 the answer
2: this is john sagerwald you know- you know, i used to think that all towels are pretty much the same but i found out with my pillow towels that's not the case towels just don't seem to dry anymore they feel soft and lotiony in the storage but you get them home and they don't absorb well mike lindell at my pillow found out that around 2006 towels changed forever they started importing them and adding softeners and other things to the cotton that made them feel good but they didn't work he found the best towel company right here in the usa and they have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work they're all made with usa Cotton. They come with the MyPillow sixty-day money back guarantee. You can get a six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, and two washcloths made with USA cotton, soft and absorbent, regularly one hundred nine ninety-nine, now thirty-nine ninety-nine. Just go to mypillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels. Enter promo code STAG or call eight hundred-seven one six-eight oh eight seven for these great radio specials.
4: Spring cleaning is upon us, but there's one meaningful box that you don't throw away when cleaning out your closet. It's the box filled with your family's important videotapes, film reels, and photos. Hi, I'm Adam Baselager. And I'm Nick Mako. We started Legacy Box over a decade ago to help families organize and update their analog media to digital. Legacy Box is simple and easy. It works and is safe. Over a million families have trusted Legacy Box. And Legacy Box has been featured in Good Housekeeping, The Today Show, and Rachel Ray. Legacy Box is like magic, converting your shoebox of memories to the cloud or thumb drive, ready to watch and share. Declutter your closet by digitizing your media. Become more organized and accomplished, knowing your family's recorded past is safe forever. Take advantage of our spring cleaning sale going on now. It's the easiest task to check off your to-do list. Go to legacybox.com slash Lbox to get an incredible 50% off your legacy box. That's legacybox.com slash Lbox for 50% off while supplies last. Legacybox.com slash Lbox.
2: Head out on the highway. Two powerful wheels. Riding season is around the corner, and Pit Cycles has what you're looking for. This is John Steigerwald. Stop by Pit Cycles today for a huge selection of bikes from KTM, Indian, and Triumph. 114 models to choose from in a fun, pressure-free environment. With demand high and supply limited, now is the time to order. Pre-order today for just a dollar in Warrendale next to Jurgles or at PitCycles.com.
0: Pit Cycles!
1: We're jammed solid on the Parkway East inbound from Wilkinsburg Forest Hills to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Inbound again delays 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Outbound delays the Boulevard of the Allies to Edgewood-Swissvale. The Parkway West inbound barely moving Carnegie to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Outbound from Route 19 to Carnegie. 28 outbound is jammed Butler Street to the Highland Park Bridge. The Veterans Bridge inbound is jammed 380 to the Liberty Bridge. And taking a look at Route 8 outbound, that's jammed 28 to Grand Avenue. I'm Ann Evans and that's a look at your traffic. AM 1250,
0: the answer, weather.
1: It'll be breezy this evening, otherwise partly cloudy skies. We'll see a nighttime low of 27. Warmer tomorrow with increasing cloudiness. Decent weather for the opening day of trout season. We'll see a high tomorrow of 52. Cloudy skies tomorrow night, a bit of rain and a low of 36. Rather cloudy Sunday, it will be breezy with a brief shower or two. We'll reach a high Sunday of 47. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon.
0: The John Steigerwald Show, AM 1250, The Answer.
2: Well, most of the media media are um, are just now getting around to looking into what is on Hunter Biden's laptop from hell. Did a pretty good job of be clowning themselves on that story. The same people dismissed any suggestions and continue to dismiss any suggestions that uh, there was massive fraud in the 2020 election. But John Lott, Jr. of the Crime Prevention Research Center hasn't dismissed the idea. He took a deep dive into the numbers. He joins us now. John, thanks for coming on again. I appreciate it.
5: Oh, it's great to talk to you again. Thanks for having me on.
2: So for for, uh, for whom did you do this research and where were you looking?
5: Well, uh, I mean, I've done a lot of academic research over the decades on vote fraud and vote fraud uh, voting, different issues. I've published maybe about three dozen peer reviewed papers on the topic as I've been an academic at places from Wharton to university of Chicago and other places during my career. Uh, this, uh, is something that I started when I was working at the U S department of justice, uh, a couple of years ago. And, um, you know, it's, if you read the court cases, what was happening was, uh, Republicans would go into court, say that the laws were not were not being followed with regard to voting rules. The judges would come back and say, yeah, you're right. But unless you can go and show us that there was enough fraud to go and change the outcome of the election, we're not really going to do anything. And the Republicans would say, well, uh, we can't show it yet because in many places we were not allowed to observe what was going on with the votes clearly. Uh, so we need to have discovery and the judges said, we're not going to grant you discovery until you can go and show up front, uh, that there was enough fraud to change the outcome, which is not normally the way things work. And so anyway, I started trying to think of ways you could try to empirically measure uh, whether there was enough uh, things that went against the rules, in a sense, to go and change the outcome of the election. And that's what the paper is about. And I uh, kind of waited to speak out on it until the paper had gone through a peer review process and had been accepted by an academics journal.
2: So it has been, it's it's officially peer-reviewed right now, the study. Yes, that's right. It's yeah. forthcoming, but it's been accepted. So, um, what? Uh, and I looked at uh, some of the stuff that you found out, and uh, what was significant about what you found in the only areas where the Democrats had a better turnout in 2020 than they had in 2016. What was what was the significance of that? Well, uh,
5: kind of the third test uh, that I looked at was uh, voter turnout. Uh, one of the issues is is that if you have ineligible people vote or you have vote buying or you have some other types of issues you may have an unusually large turnout in certain areas and so what you see is that um, if you look at the 10 swing states um, and look at the county level data what you find is that uh, while Republicans had a much larger, the more Republican a county was, the bigger the turnout that they had in 2020 compared to 2016, more heavily democratic counties actually had a slightly lower turnout in 2020 compared to 2016, except for, uh, those counties where fraud was alleged. And in those counties, they had a huge turnout, uh, 25, 30% higher in 2020 than they had in 2016. So the thing is you have a lot of very similar counties uh, in different states, you know, Ohio, you have counties like Franklin County, which is where Columbus is or the counties where Cleveland or Cincinnati are compared to let's say Allegheny County. Um, And yet those counties, uh, which maybe be very similar demographically in other ways to Allegheny and were in a swing state The Democrats were trying about equally hard to win um, had slightly lower turnouts uh, but Allegheny county had a big turnout compared to in Philadelphia county similarly had big turnouts relative to what they had had before. And, You see that in other states like Fulton County uh, in Georgia had a big turnout, but other similar counties like Mecklenburg County in North Carolina uh, had a slightly lower turnout. So it's that, uh, that evidence is at least fairly suggestive that there's something wrong, something different going on. I think the more powerful uh, evidence, is the data, the other two tests that I had. Um, you know, one of the issues when you go in, so you have counties where fraud was alleged right next to other counties where there were no allegations of fraud, there's obviously big differences that occur across counties. Um, you know, but if you look at precincts, so you look at precincts in uh, Allegheny County where you are, um, there are 1,323 precincts in Allegheny County during the 2020 election. So they're fairly small, fairly homogeneous areas. And if you look at the precincts at the very edges of the county uh, and compare them to precincts right across the street in counties like Westmoreland or whatever, where there's no allegations of frauds, What you're going to find is that in the 2016 election, these these precincts that are right across the street from each other are very small areas. They are very similar in many ways. They tended to vote within a percentage point or so, exactly the same way in terms of in-person votes and uh, absentee votes. They have very similar registration by party. They have, uh, you know, you could drive across the street uh, between these two precincts on either side of the county line, you wouldn't even know really that you were likely just driven across, uh, the county line then because these places look so similar demographically and, uh, income and everything else. And, uh, <clears throat> in 2020, you didn't see there, there was, it changed. You still saw the same percentages in these two uh, adjacent precincts across the street from each other in terms of in-person votes, but in terms of absentee mail-in ballot type votes, then you saw a huge gap that, that arose. Once you crossed the street and went into the county where there were allegations of, uh, of fraud that were occurring. And, you know, you look at possibilities like where you say, well, you know, maybe they just had bigger, get out the vote effort um the thing is and, and, or democrats let's say uh wanting to vote by absentee ballots uh the thing is the very fact that you're comparing these two precincts that are just across the street from each other and they are so incredibly similar in terms of, like the percent of democrats that are there uh you, you know if if it's just that democrats wanted to vote more in terms of absentee ballots you would have seen it, supposedly, in terms of a greater turnout in both of these ones, given that they're virtually identical in terms of uh, things like the percent of the three Democrats. And then the final piece of evidence I have, I think, is maybe the most difficult to explain away, and that is um, one of the allegations that occurred during the 2020 election in some parts of Pennsylvania was that when people turned in mail in their absentee ballots that were not uh, properly filled out so that they couldn't be counted properly. Uh, the allegation is, is that in, uh, some democratic counties in the state, uh, the election officials would go and call up Democrats who had voted, uh, you know, these ballots that were legal and given them an option to go and fix them. Now, there's no allegations that the counties right next door that, uh, uh, you know, that they did the same thing. And, uh, and so if you, again, if you compare these precincts that are across the street from each other, simply walking across the street, you in fact find in Allegheny County, for example, a huge increase in provisional ballots relative to the 2016 election and relative to, the precinct across the street there. And uh and you see a big increase and those votes went for Biden. And in every uh, case
2: they went for Biden? Yeah, they consistently
5: went for Biden. Basically if you look at Allegheny and Philadelphia counties, you get almost another seven thousand votes for Biden simply from those two counties, simply from provisional ballots.
2: And and um what about uh, someone? Uh, what about the Democrats claiming? Well, that was COVID. People were afraid to go vote, so that's why so many people wanted to do mail-in or absentee voting um, because well, of COVID. They were afraid.
5: Well, that's what I was trying to say before. So, you, if you, look, one of the reasons for looking at these two s- small precincts, you know, all the precincts that are right next to each other on opposite sides of the county line. Right across the street is that they tend to be extremely similar in terms of the percent of the voters there that are Democrats for Mm -hmm. example and if it's Democrats you know you're the story that you gave you know if it's just that Democrats wanted to go and vote by mail right uh, why is it that once you cross the street you get a lot of Democrats in this tiny area who want to vote by mail but across other side of the street uh, they don't.
2: So what? What is? What is? What, what is your conclusion as to why that difference exists? It's for, it just has to be fraud.
5: Well, it's hard to think of anything else that's going on there that would explain why once you go across the street. So the thing is, they, the the uh, in person votes are counted at the precinct level. Uh, the problem that you had with the mail-in ballots is that they were counted supposedly or they were counted at some central location in the county and so you know why is it that when you're looking at these absentee or mail-in ballots or whether you're looking at the provisional ballots for so these tiny areas I mean again you have 1323 precincts in Allegheny County these are small very homogeneous areas and they're very similar to the small precincts on the other side of the street, right outside in the other counties. You know, you look at all these precincts that are at the edge of Allegheny County, for example, and compare them to the precincts across the street. Uh, they're, each one that you match up painstakingly one at a time, you know, with all the matching they're all the way around there. Um, they're very similar to them. And why is it crossing the street You get these big... You know, if it's your story about, well, you know, Democrats just wanted to vote uh, by mail. Well, uh, you got other Democrats literally right across the street in the same percentages as the precinct where you're having this big turnout. Why, why did the Democrats right across the street behave so differently?
2: So the conclusion from what I'm getting from what you're saying is that in those precincts, They did a better job of faking the number of absentee and uh, uh, provisional ballots. That's because they were all counted at
5: this central location, and that's where the allegations of misconduct were occurring. Look, I'm not trying to relitigate, and I try to make this clear multiple times in different places. I'm not trying to relitigate the, the 2020 election. To me, the concern is going forward, yeah, you, know, you you look at surveys. This last month, there's I saw surveys that indicate that even 34% of Democrats, according to a Rasmussen Report survey, believe that there was significant significant fraud that altered the outcome of the 2020 election. I mean, obviously, you have huge supermajorities of Republicans and Independents who are concerned about that. Yeah. and that's despite the fact you know the the point that you raised at the beginning of this and that is you know you can't read a news story even on fox or something where they go and they make claims about things being disproven you know no, they always it,
2: think, no everybody's you, afraid to even uh, say fraud anymore not everybody but most mostly everybody
5: right and so uh, i i waited on talking to people like you about this until the paper had gone through the peer review process at an academic journal. Uh, it's coming out public choice. People can look at the forthcoming paper themselves. They can go to our, our website at crimeresearch.org, crimeresearch.org, and they can download it and they can read it. Uh, but, you know, I'm concerned about future elections. And one of the other things that the very beginning of the paper goes through is just but the voting rules are in other countries. And I just want to emphasize what an extreme outlier the United States is in terms of not having rules prevent vote fraud. So you look at Europe, for example, and this is true worldwide, but you look at Europe, 46 46 and a half of the 47 countries in Europe mandate that you have to have a government-issued voter, photo voter ID to be able to go and vote. You look at absentee ballots, 35 of the 47 countries in Europe banned, completely banned absentee ballots for people living in the country. Another 10 allow it, but they will not send anything through the mail because they're worried about absentee ballots being stolen. Uh, they require that when you come in person and pick them up, you have to show your government issued photo ID before they will give you the absentee ballot. Uh, and even then they limit it to only people who are in the military and will not be available or who will be in the hospital and they won't take your word for it. You have to go and show uh third party verification for six of those 10 countries. Um you know, you look at countries like Canada or, or Mexico, both of them require government issued photo IDs for people to be able to go and vote. Mexico, Mexico's ID also has your thumbprint on it. Uh, Mexico bans absentee ballots. These are rules that you see around the world. You know, um, The big debate this last year in Texas, where Democrats walked out of the state legislature in order to try to stop a vote on uh, on rules to to fix the election process down there. The big issue was these drop boxes. Uh, I can't find any other country in the world that allows ballot boxes to be left out unattended at 3 a.m. in the morning. The debate in Texas was the Republican bills wanted to limit uh, drop boxes to be available only between 6 a.m. in the morning and 10 p.m. at night. Uh, So you you have them there for uh, for, uh, 16 hours.
2: John, I'm out of time, um, but just real quick, the the Democrats have succeeded in convincing people that if you want an ID, it's racist. Where where, where can can people find uh, your research again? At crimeresearch.org, crimeresearch.org, if I have like 30 seconds. Uh, uh, no, we actually don't. I'm, I'm up against the hard break, and it's, you're just going to disappear. I, I'm, I'm not in control of that. I, it's, yeah, no, I understand. I appreciate
5: you having me on. Yeah. Happy to go longer some other time, okay. but I
2: appreciate it. Very good. Thank you, John. We'll be right back.
7: We all want to eat healthy, but have you ever read the ingredients list off of your favorite snack? Between the hard to pronounce ingredients and man made additives, it's difficult to find anything made from real, natural ingredients. Even some of my favorite organic snacks have ingredients I haven't heard of. At Balance of Nature, we know the value of real nutrition that can only be found in real food. That's why the only things you'll find on our ingredients list are real whole fruits and vegetables. No additives, fillers, or artificial ingredients of any kind. Balance of Nature is the best whole fruit and vegetable product on the market, delivering your body everything it needs to function at its very best. Eat better and feel better. Start your journey to better health. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com to get free shipping. And don't forget to get 35% off your first preferred order by using discount code BALANCE.
0: This is the John Stikerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer.
2: Sorry we had to cut John Lott off there, but uh, we're up against the hard break on the clock. I just want to throw in here at the end, uh, he said this was peer reviewed and it's not just his opinion. Uh, the the person who reviewed it at uh, Public Choice, it's called Public Choice. He's a professor at Utah State. His name's William F. Shugart. The second he writes, to my knowledge, Dr. Lott is the first scholar to examine the most recent U.S. presidential election at the voting precinct level and actually present statistical evidence supporting allegations of fraud in at least two key states, Georgia and Pennsylvania. So nothing's going to happen of it because the the media, including Fox and just about everybody, they are now been just, uh, just I don't know, bullied, I guess is the word, although I hate using that word, into believing it, you're not allowed to suggest fraud because if you do, you're some kind of a maniac. And if you do, of course, try to do it on Twitter or YouTube, you're going to be knocked off anyway. So you can't, there's no sense in even trying there. But uh, pretty interesting there comparing precincts that were actually across the street from each other and showing a huge difference in the number of mail-in uh, votes and, uh, and provisional ballots, and that they were counted somewhere other than the precincts themselves. But, you know, you look at Joe Biden and you look at the rallies that Donald Trump got and uh, you decide that Joe Biden got 81 million votes, more than any president uh, any any candidate ever got in the history of the country, eh, I'm not buying it. Thanks to Mike. Thanks to Darren. Thanks to you for another good week. I'll talk to you on Monday. Bye.
0: The John Staggerwalt Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.